guys, welcome back to another episode of It's a Hang Thing. It's just going to be me this time. Vic, kind of busy doing his own little thing right now, but I'm super excited to introduce our new guest, Mr. Guam slash DJJ <laughs> Edwards. We've got Jose Ancelon here today. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're super busy. I mean, yeah. anyone that follows you on social media will see it. It's constantly gigging. And it looks like you're doing even more gigging now than than when I first met you. Uh, last year for sure, but you know that's including my eight to five on the weekdays, yeah. and yeah, oh there's just gosh. a lot going on. That's exhausting. <laughs> I can imagine. Mm-hmm. I know. I know how that life is, man. You got your eight to five job, then you know because I also do theater. You jump into a show right after. Mm-hmm. It's training on the body. Yeah. Um. Let's take it back to last year. You know, we we met last year at the Red Ball. We were introduced to each other by a mutual friend, mm-hmm. um, but let's just let's dig deeper into your roots. Uh, how you all, how you got started? Um, you know, how was your family life, and what made you start the pursuit of music? Um, well, my dad plays guitar, so and he listened to a lot of blues and classic rock. So growing up, that were, those were my major influences. Mm-hmm. So even when I was like two, three years old, um, Wayne's World came out, yes. and that was back when Laserdisc were around. I don't know if people know what Laserdisc are, <laughs> like huge DVDs. And the way people would babysit me was they would put Wayne's World on, and I would just sit in front of the TV, and they would just put it on loop. Oh man! So you know, like Wayne's World's famous for Queens, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. uh, Jimi Hendrix, Foxy Lady, all these different songs that. I listened to growing up and then finally when I was 10 years old I went to guitar lessons for about two weeks that my school was offering and I learned the basic chords and after that I kind of just taught myself got to know people who played guitar played instruments and yeah from them from then I just haven't stopped (laughs) so let's let's get into that how did you start networking because from from what I understand you're actually in two bands you got pop rocks and soda and then there's also Matala Mm -hmm. so which which one came first how did that come into fruition uh man there's it's been a long journey um because my first band was in high school so Okay, I gotta like start this in. <laughs> we gotta backtrack it in the. <laughs> so in the back in senior year high school, when I had my first band, that's when I met Ryan Shook of Matala, because okay. he was my cousin's classmate, and we became good friends, and um, yeah, I went out watching Matala and stuff. Like, man, I wish I could have a band like this, you know. So they were already formed before. Oh, way before them. I even okay. met them. Yeah, before I joined them. Nice. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, they had their stuff, and then they went on hiatus. And then my classmate, Anton Rosario, he wanted to start a band called Two... No, sorry, 1991. Mm-hmm. And Oh, that's right. We have your sticker over there in the yeah. other station. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was back, I think, in like 2014, 2015. And we were around for like two years. And then in 2016... Um, I met CJ Ochoco by chance um, because she did theater stuff with my sister. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember how we met. But she knew FJ from Open Mics. And I knew FJ because I was already kind of starting to hang out with them. And this one open mic that CJ and 
FJ did. CJ was like, hey, you want to start like a punk rock band? And FJ was like, yeah, sure, why not? And I'm like, okay, who should we find to play guitar? And FJ's like, oh, I know a guy. So they added me to a WhatsApp group. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, you know, we want to start like a pop punk band, punk rock band, kind of like Flinch. Would you guys, would you be down to join? Mm-hmm. I'm like, and I was like, yeah, sure, why not? So how how was it starting off? Because now uh, almost anyone that goes to the bar scene knows Pop Rocks and Soda every <laughs> Very like, Saturday night mm-hmm. at Cowboy Ninja. And every so, Friday at Porky's. Yeah. How was, how was that growing? Because um, I'm trying to think. I, I want to say maybe when I was just turning legal. You know, when I turned <laughs> legal, mm-hmm. obviously... Uh, Huge, huge fan of the music that you guys play because you play a lot of the throwbacks that people were listening to in their mm-hmm. middle school years. So, um, you know, how how did you guys really start getting your name pushed out there? Because you guys are pretty well known now, you know, dropping original music. We play it over there at I-94. Yes, thank you. You guys, you guys got your album going on and everything. Mm-hmm. How, how did you start growing? Um, you know, it's a funny story because... When we f- first formed, we thought we were just going to be a Sunday showcase band mm-hmm. over at Lifehouse. And having been in like two or three previous bands, I didn't really, I don't know. I, it was different for me because all the bands I was in before were like easy listening, mm-hmm. uh, reggae, top 40 stuff. Mm-hmm. So this was my first foray into like actual rock. Mm-hmm. So... um as much as I loved it, because I mean that's all I listened to growing up, I wasn't sure it was gonna, wasn't I wasn't sure it was going to go anywhere. And fast forward four years later, it's like wow, man, still, we're, we're still, still in my popping. longest band, still popping. Mm-hmm. But still we did a couple rocking. of um, <laughs> we did, <laughs> we did a couple of uh, Sunday showcases, and then Cowboy Ninja asked Tony if we wanted to try out there, mm-hmm. and. To be honest, I was kind of hesitant because I was like, oh, but I want to play at Lifehouse, though. Mm. You know, like, Lifehouse is known for, like, oh, that yeah. rock. And I knew Cowboy Ninja as um, more of that easy listening, top 40 mm. stuff. They had uh, the dolls there. They had, um, what were they called? They had, like, a Jen Avicullo, uh, Mike Hardendorp, like that. Yeah. Those people. And then... Um, you know, great musicians, but I'm like, ah, it's just not rock, you know? Mm. And then Tony finally was able to convince me, man, let's just try it out. And, you know, what's the worst that could happen? And I was like, right. okay, why not? Yeah. And then next month will be four years there. Dang. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, mm-hmm. guys. All right, so let's move more into the original music because you guys have your song Unlikely Royalty. You also mm-hmm. have a new one that just dropped, Liquid, right? Mm-hmm. So how did the whole process of that come in? Because I, I will say I love Unlikely Royalty. Thank you. It's mm-hmm. really dope. So yeah, tell us about that whole process, you know, where the setup was, how did how did it all come together? So the thing about our band is that we all have extremely different musical influences. Ah. So FJ likes that whole um the singers, right? Like mm-hmm. when people ask him who his influences are, he'll be like, Oh, Backstreet Boys, no Britney way. Spears. <laughs> but he's kinda serious, you know, they're great singers. Oh yeah. Definitely. You know, so obviously he naturally gravitated towards them. Um, Phil came from a similar background as me, but he was more in like the punk rock, uh, mm-hmm. the heavier stuff, the more of like the newer stuff, like uh, My Chemical Romance, Senses mm-hmm. Fail, 
And then Tony was also into that heavier stuff too. And then I'm over here with my blues, classic, indie rock. Kind of difficult at first to try and mesh that all together, mm-hmm. especially because it was the first time we've all played together. Right. You know, we're all getting to know each other, our nuances, you know, what we're into. So, um, Unlikely Royalty was actually the first song we wrote, and it went... It underwent such an extreme transformation. I mean, if, if you listen to like how it sounded before to now to the final product, it's like wow, it's not oh, yeah. the same song. And that's something people also need to keep in mind. You know, you guys, you guys started off four years ago, mm-hmm. still trying to find, you know, find your sound. Yeah. And with a, obviously a lot of hard work, dedication, you guys have created a single that was that's pretty damn awesome. I will say. <laughs> Thank you. Um, let's get more into. To you, because I know that you kind of have your own branch. You also DJ. Hey, Edwards, how did that start up? And that just started up, was it last year? January 2018. Damn. Uh, uh, that one is... Here he uh, is, DJing for the Uno, <laughs> Uno events. Mm-hmm. I was very blessed to play for Road to EIF last year as well. Nice. Yeah. But the DJ story is an interesting one. Um, very unexpected. Oh, the Paradise Festival, I think it was 2016. And they brought out Kanye West, Wiz oh, Khalifa, nice. and Afrojack. Nice. And I think the previous year I went to EIF, but... You know, it was, it was fun. It's like when you when you go off. Yeah, when, when you go out. Yeah, festivals. it's just a totally different experience. <laughs> Especially you know? when the stages, the, the moving stages, the mini stages mm-hmm. are the sizes of the of the main stage. Yeah, and um, so we watched Kanye West. Super awesome! It was the first time he performed his the Life of Pablo album. Nice. And so Afrojack played after him, and I didn't really know any of his music, but. You know, he started playing and he had all the visuals and everything. Mm-hmm. So all of us are having a good time, Stimulating very upbeat senses. music. <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, you know, because um, I started to pay attention to how the songs were shifting, how he was uh, mixing everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, like in the middle of like jumping up and down <laughs> with my friends. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I had an epiphany. I'm like, you know. I, I, think, I think I could do this, uh-huh. you know, and that like an in- in- inception, like it planted that mm-hmm. seed in my head. And then for, so for the next two years, um, when I would see DJ J Pogi out, right. I would bother him like, hey, bro, show me what you're doing, blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know, like, and he would show me stuff. Um, EIF had this um, DJ intro to dj how to dj conference oh, nice. this uh i think it was 2016 as well or maybe 2017 and um i went and uh again uh jay pogey was there one of the presenters um i think ej flores was the other one and they were asking us to uh, participate in the demonstration you know everyone's <laughs> shy like oh i don't yeah, know what to do crap. so i was like mm, okay let me try and it was all about a beat matching, mm-hmm. and fortunately, I have a you know musical background yeah. already, so I started messing so at least around. I'm here for it. Yeah, and everyone was like, "Whoa, bro!" <laughs> I'm like, "No, no, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh. Just messing around." So that went on for two years, and I made friends with the DJ Silent and then um, Tom Foolery, mm-hmm. Aaron Davis, and in the summer of 20, 
17, I was like, hey, bro, um, do you mind teaching me how to DJ? Mm-hmm. You know, like, can you just bring your stuff to my house and kind of give me like a quick 101, 101 on how to do these things? He's like, yeah, sure, no problem. So he brought his stuff over, showing me how his mixer worked, how his uh, turntable worked, uh, the software he was using on his laptop. Mm-hmm. He's like, here, you try it now. I'm like, oh, crap. Uh, okay. <laughs> was I really listening as well as he expected me to? Because, <laughs> you know, like, I see a guitar, six strings. Like, no, no problem. I yeah. see, like, guitar pedals. Okay, this does this, this does that. Put the mixer in front of me and a laptop. I'm like, oh, man. Oh, all these buttons. What do I do? <laughs> Pressing buttons is not <laughs> it's easy, It's not easy, guys. yeah. <laughs> Let's make that clear. Malafunction wasn't oh, joking, man. man. was not joking. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. And um, so... Uh, after that, I gave it like three months, thought about it, and then I finally bought my own stuff. Mm-hmm. Was a bedroom DJ for about three months, and then um, in December 2017, DJ Silent had his uh, annual Silent Night event mm-hmm. where he had a bunch of DJs play, and I I was DJing for our my friend's Christmas party, just messing around, right? Yeah, because I still, you know. Didn't have a DJ name or anything. Yeah. It was just me um, practicing. And I was kind of buzzing already, and mm-hmm. I was going to check out Silent Night. And I was like, hmm, I got my laptop. I got my DJ controller. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I can ask if I could play there. Mm-hmm. So I texted uh, Tom Foolery, Aaron. It's like, hey, bro, do you mind if I you know, play a little at the Silent Night? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, bro, just come down, man. We got time for, you know, like a 30-minute slot or something. Mm-hmm. So I get there, and I walk in with my DJ controller and my backpack, and I can see people like, is that Jose? <laughs> huh? So confused. Like, isn't, shouldn't there be a guitar in his hand? So you weren't really uh, <laughs> announcing that you are No, I just totally just showed up. Um, you know, uh, Silent New, Aaron New. <laughs> and I plugged in, and then... Um, I remember Jozar was the MC, Jozar Godoy, and he was like... Oh, Jozar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He works here. No, no, Jozar. Oh, Jozar. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, (laughs) we have a DJ Jozar. No, no, Jozar, yeah. Okay. So, and he was like, yo, give up Jose, blah, blah. And I started playing, and I remember people were like, huh? (laughs) Is this happening? And after that, just started... DJing and Messing haven't looked back since. Yeah. Nice, man. All right. Well, let's get mm. more into uh, things outside of music because we know that you you do a lot more than that. Uh, let's <laughs> talk about your whole modeling thing. Oh my god. Uh, because we we for one know that you were the leading man in that "A Long Drive Home" song for their <laughs> music video "Breathe." Mm-hmm. Um. Tell tell us how that experience was. And that one was kind of, I mean, so I already had done some modeling and some commercials before that. And when the band put out the casting call, I was like, oh, man, that would be super cool to be part of their music video. But um, I feel because I know them and Mm -hmm. I was already in like a lot of stuff that they might not want to use me and they might want to use someone else. Hey, so if anything that gives them more <laughs> to use you. So, you know, I was like, okay, um, you know, I didn't bother um, um, messaging them about the casting call. Mm-hmm. And then two months later after the casting call, uh, Jace Mendiola, mm-hmm. he messages me and he's like, hey, bro, uh, you want to be in our music video? 
<laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure, dude. You guys can find anyone. He was like, honestly, people were like charging like too much money and oh, you know being very. Uh, mm-hmm. It's all about demanding. Trying to, trying to help, help the scene. And it's not that they weren't going to pay people. Mm-hmm. It's like people were charging too much mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then, you know, you saw the music video. Yeah. There was some intimate parts. And I guess the guy's girlfriends didn't He's want like, them. i the single one. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, right? Why the single guy, of course. So, yeah, that music video was very fun to do. And I'm glad I got to do it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they used to be f- known as flinched before. Right. So, you know, being able to help out not only my mentors, but my friends was really cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk uh, about the modeling because <laughs> I remember, oh, gosh, this is testing my memory with uh, <laughs> intoxicated moments. I remember <laughs> uh, last year when I met you, mm-hmm. uh, either you or someone I was met with mentioned something about modeling in London. Oh, definitely not me. Not you. Not me. Okay. Well, let's talk about uh, what you have done with modeling. I know you've modeled for Analista and Co. Mm-hmm. So, get it. Let's get into that. Um, man, not trip down memory lane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I've done modeling for Uno. Um, I was lucky enough to be recognized as uh, I think it was like a top sixteen men of the year or something. Nice. About. Two three years ago, this is when we were still a uh, paperback, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we you guys still had the magazines. Um, man, I can't remember right now. Um, f- for commercials, I've done Auto Spot, um, GVB. Um, and sorry, if, sorry for whoever's listening. If I forgot you, I can't remember right now. Hey, man. It's like on Honestly, the spot. That, that happens. <laughs> when you're in this industry, anything dealing with media and you're working with so many different people, I don't even blame you, man. <laughs> Going back to like... Yeah, oh, everything's just so fast-paced, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally feel it. All right, then. Well, let's get more into the fun stuff because you do a lot of traveling. I know that. Uh, you Try to. Festivals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about some of your best traveling experiences worth mentioning. Um, man. Well, it kind of depends. Like, uh, what 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 you define as best. Mm-hmm. You know, what's this best described as like most enlightening or most fun? Let's, let's or, start with most enlightening. Okay. Hmm. Well, when I was younger, I went on a lot of uh, World Youth Day trips. I've actually been on five. Nice. So I started when I was six, no, 14. I went to Germany. And then I went to Australia when I was 18. I went to Spain when I was 19. Brazil when I was 22. And then I went to Poland in two years ago. Those were all for church trips and mm-hmm. very enlightening trips. Um, you know, um, part of the trips is that, uh, or part of what we did on those trips is that uh, we went out to the streets and kind of evangelized mm-hmm. singing. Um, yeah, I'm part of the Neocatechumenal Way. I don't know if you know what mm-hmm. that is. So part of it is we do a lot of uh, evangelization, as they call it. And even on those trips, a lot of people opened up their homes to us. So we weren't just staying in hotels or yeah. stuff. Like People were actually opening up their homes and, you know, seeing 
people treat me as, like a king when I don't even know them, when I'm a total wow. stranger, was very uh, humbling and you know made me appreciative for what I have here on Guam at home, especially in Brazil. You know, Brazil is not uh, exactly a first world country. Yeah, it's hard. And I remember when we went to Brasilia, uh, this family of about like seven or eight, they opened up their homes to us and the kids were so excited to have us there. Like they gave us their bunk beds. They, you know, made sure we were comfortable. These are like, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten year olds, mm-hmm. you know, like going up to a stranger and just making sure they're okay. And it's like, man, I don't deserve this kind of love and this treatment, you know? So in terms of like enlightening trips, yeah, definitely world youth days. They changed my life for sure. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, let's let's talk more about your uh, other travels. Uh, the <laughs> On the flip side, fun the one. fun trips, <laughs> <laughs> the one that didn't make you want to cry. <laughs> yeah. um, I've been fortunate enough to go to a lot of festivals with my friends. Mm-hmm. So, in the last two years, I went to Coachella. Nice. Very sad. I'm not going this year. You know, it's actually starting this weekend. So, ah, FOMO is starting to kick in. Mm. Yeah, but. Coachella is a, definitely a very interesting experience. You know, there's so many people there. You, know, you have half the people there just to say, oh, I went to Coachella. And yeah. then you have the other half, like me, who are there for the music. Mm-hmm. And it's just overwhelming to see like thousands upon thousands of people just constantly moving and going to the same stage as you are to listen to the same artist. And not only were those trips fun because of the friends and the music and the environment, but it's also motivating for me as a musician to be like, man, one day I'd like to be on that stage. Yeah, you know? man, dream big. Yeah, speaking to existence, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Totally know what you're talking about. Uh, let's talk about um, maybe one of the craziest things that happened because oh my God. anyone that knows... <laughs> music festivals are the shit where things go down or it doesn't even have to be music festival just in your worldly travels what are some of the craziest things that you experience that, like, that you would be able to share with people <laughs> yeah, i'm about to say it <laughs> <laughs> let's make that one clear okay um man because i've had definitely some crazy experiences mm-hmm. that i cannot share <laughs> um We'll talk about that off. In the Philippines, okay. Um, when I went to that Paradise Festival, mm-hmm. I was out with my friends at the and one of my friends got so inebriated that he had to be helped out in a wheelchair. Oh man! And apparently, that happens so often <laughs> that they have wheelchairs on standby oh, for gosh. people who cannot walk. The, so <laughs> never want to be that guy. Called Palace Pool Club. He was passed out on the floor. Security came. They helped him up onto the wheelchair, mm-hmm. helped him out, and my friends had to help him back to their hotel room. And I was still there. I was still partying because I had some... Uh, He's like, I was still able to stand. <laughs> I'm still standing. I'm still going to keep going. And I had some friends in the Philippines who were out with us. So one by one, our group starts leaving. And before I know it, it's just me. <laughs> and my friends from the Philippines, I'm like, okay, it's still good. You know, it's 4 a.m., whatever. I'm still able to go. 5 a.m. comes around. I'm like, oh, crap, my phone's at 5%. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think I remember where I live or where we're staying at. Yeah, no problem. And then six o'clock hits. I'm like, oh my God, 1%. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, um, this Nobody is before like. I want to be lost in the Philippines. Oh, yeah. So, luck, uh, one of my friends um, who lived there, she got into a taxi. She said, hey, want me to go with you? Or you want, you want to come with me? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I'm trying to like text my friends, like, is anyone up? Where are you guys at? Blah, blah, blah. And my phone died, so I'm like, crap. And my friends said they were going to McDonald's, and I didn't know which one. There's so many in the Philippines, right? So I'm like, oh, man. Uh, has to be somewhere around the vicinity of the palace. So my friend wanted McDonald's, so she asked a taxi driver to take her there. And as we're pulling up, I see my friends walking in. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, man. Yes. I'm not lost to Manila. (laughs) Oh, dang. And huge sigh of relief. We're all like, oh, you're alive. I'm like, yes, you guys are alive. Never leave your friends at a festival, especially in a foreign country. Oh, yes, for sure. Let's let's make that very clear Mm -hmm. to anyone. I mean, I was with my other friend, so I would have been taken care of, but... At the same time, I was like, man, I hope they think I'm still alive and <laughs> and I'm okay. Oh, man. Let's, uh, okay, because I want to, I like, I like where we're going with this topic. I want to mm-hmm. talk about some of the things here at home because a lot of people know you and I will, I will just flip my hair. I know I'm fulfilling a lot of women's fantasies <laughs> right now, having a one-on-one conversation. But, Whatever. Uh, I mean, I know you got some fans and, uh, how has, how has, how have some of those encounters been in public? Have you gotten any crazy experiences while gigging? Oh, man. Just um, <laughs> You know, for Guam being so small, mm-hmm. you wouldn't think some things happen, but... Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you know... Okay, we're going to tell the story. We're not going to mention the name, but if you know who it is, that's, that's totally not on us. <laughs> so this one time at Porky's, I got off stage... And this girl comes up to me, and I I have no idea who she is. Mm-hmm. She wraps her arms around me, and she's like, hey, you're cute. Mm-hmm. And then she starts to kiss me, and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> excuse me, uh, who are you? And then um, I knew the person she was with, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is my friend so-and-so. I'm like, oh, uh, nice to meet you. Yeah. yeah. And um, she's like... <laughs> Hey, so um, you want to go hook up in the bathroom? Yeah. I was like, whoa, first of all, Yuck. extremely unsanitary. <laughs> Second of all, no thank you. <laughs> oh, man. And kind of just left it at that. Mm-hmm. I was like, um, pass. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm good. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, how how are you balancing all of this? Because you, you've got the two bands You've got your, your traveling. How how are you doing it? And you're only 20... 28. Yeah. Okay. Um, pure willpower. <laughs> FOMO. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Monster drinks. Monster energy drinks. Sometimes coffee when I'm feeling desperate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Um, you know, last year was a big revelation to me because that was the year I really tried to do a lot of stuff. So I had, you know, the Friday and Saturday at Porky's and Cowboy Ninja, started DJing, and sometimes I would have gigs like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Mm -hmm. and that's on top of my eight to five. Mm -hmm. So 
Obviously, like yes, I just got yes, more well, like, outside of the rockstar <laughs> persona. I, I just got more and more exhausted as the year went on, mm-hmm. and then I started um, doing some acting. I did that short film, Plastic Bag, oh, directed by yeah. Brian Munia and James Davis, and um, you know, so the schedule just got more and more taxing, mm-hmm. and it started to catch up yeah. towards the end of last year, especially as work. My eight to five got busier, so eventually I kind of just like definitely health wise my it was going down for me, mm-hmm. and you know you try to compensate that by you know diving into vices right so I mm-hmm. kind of started to drink a little more um you know I didn't have time to work out, so I stopped doing that for a while. And, um, you know, obviously wasn't sleeping a lot. So I kind of started to go into like a little dark period where, um, you know, I started to kind of do things I shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. And luckily I was able to pull myself out of it with the help of friends and, you know, most importantly, God. But it wasn't anything too crazy, but, you know, definitely it was a, a foot in the door of, he was still you doing know, his thing. I mean, you, you know, <laughs> I hate to say this, but, you know, the rock star lifestyle, yeah. you know, like it, it's, exhausting. It's, it's, you know, they, they like to talk about it, but it's true. I mean, mm-hmm. I've kind of lived definitely not like Hollywood style, but enough to be like, man, I'm tired. Like yeah. where you almost kind of just want to give up what you're doing, you know, like just stop playing music. And, you know, to reach that point, you know, you definitely need to do something about it. Mm -hmm. That sucks to kind of lose, lose that up. Lose track of why you started doing it, you know. Okay, let's let's Uh, go into that. Um, Where do you see yourself with everything in music? Matala, Pop Rocks, DJJ Edwards, modeling? (laughs) (laughs) No more modeling. I'm a retired model now. Until (laughs) until he wins the official title. (laughs) Never, never, never. (laughs) Um... You know, with music, um, whatever happens, happens, you know. Um, when I was growing up, or growing up, when I started the whole music thing, you know, it's easy to get caught up by social media and also the people around you in terms of, you know, how fast you should move at what age you should be doing something by, like, if you haven't reached this level at this age, like, should you keep doing it? Mm-hmm. You know, um, social media likes to portray a lot of, like, false imagery, right? right? Like, you have, like, for example, like, One Direction members who are, like, under 25, right? All these other famous musicians and stuff. And, you know, a lot of people look up to them, and use them as a benchmark when it's like extremely unrealistic, oh, yeah. you know, like they're like the one percent that yeah. is like that you uh, people strive to reach, yeah. but I mean the path to get there is just so really taxing hard. They've had so much help to get there, yeah. you know. While we're like at the other end of the spectrum, just like trying to dig our way up there, but. I mean, so, like, before, I, I kind of used to use that as a benchmark and be like, no, I need to be successful at this age and that. 
I have to, you know, for like example with Pop Rocks, it's like, oh, we got to release an album here. We got to do a music video there, blah, blah, blah. And same with DJing. And then the turn of this year, you know, using 2018 as like a whole learning experience for me, the turn of this year in 2019, it was like, okay, you know what? You have to let things happen organically. Mm-hmm. You can't force something because if you start forcing it, then it's, you know, not going to go the way you want it. Mm-hmm. You know, you start pushing things into motion without it being natural or um, genuine. Then you get the ball rolling. And then once it starts hitting other things, you don't want it to. You can't control those consequences, mm-hmm. you know. So, um I don't know. We'll see. I'm not. I want to do things that make me happy at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm getting a little older. Um, (laughs) Sorry (laughs) if I offend anyone over 28. But, you know, definitely looking toward. Hey, he's still going to Coachella and everything. He's still okay. Trying to go next year. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. You know, I mean, just doing things that make me happy, investing my time in things that I want to do, Mm -hmm. you know making things that I want to do without the worry or expectation of others. And if people like it, they like it. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what I've learned with these two Pop Rocks releases. You know, if people like it, awesome. If they don't, then it's okay. Just going to keep you it know, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything else you would like to add? Uh, your follows, where people can catch you, the single, <laughs> all of that, all the plugs. Um, you can check out Pop Rocks and Soda on Spotify and Apple Music, SoundCloud. Um, if you want to donate to us, Bandcamp. We have Unlikely Royalty and Liquid out. Hopefully by June, we should have a third single out. Okay. Yeah, so this one's a little different too. So all three songs that will be out will be kind of taste of our EP to come. Um, Just want to thank my band, thank my mentors, uh, both DJ and um, instruments, all my friends for supporting me, um, my family, definitely the man upstairs. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, just thank, super thankful for everyone for supporting me. Cause if anyone knows me, I'm like one of the biggest introverts ever. <laughs> so for me to be doing all this stuff is just almost yeah, like a how, miracle. How was that breaking out of your shell with it all? <laughs> yeah, in college, you know, you have to force yourself to make new friends, right? Mm-hmm. So you, know, you got to meet your classmates, meet new professors, and. You know, the, um, and then also being in a band, right? I mean, you meet some people when I was in 1991. I met some people there, um, when I was in a band with Dan Taposnia, Joe Uggin, and Nikita Mendiola. You know, that made me meet other people as well. Forced me out of my shell because, you know, you're on stage, you can't just look down and yeah, play your guitar. You gotta you, sell it. You gotta, yeah, exactly. So, um, it was the auto spot commercial that okay. I did that kind of was that that uh, jumping point for me mm-hmm. because you know up until then I'd never done anything too serious 
And then to next for next next thing you know, to be the guy who, who you always see on a YouTube ad, you're trying to press uh, next or skip add on. YouTube ad, people are like, "All right, I'll watch this one." That's you know, bad. just like for like two months, just nonstop. I'm the type of guy. You're like, not this again. Oh man! But I mean, to do that for me was to definitely like break out of my shell, and after that, it kind of just paved the way for everything else. So. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Dreamstorm, for <laughs> helping me push myself. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, something I, I also didn't warn you. We usually close out the podcast with three questions. Okay. So the first one will be, uh, what is one word to describe yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Aside from Mr. Guam. Do I have to choose this or is this a word that people have described me? Um, let's oh. do both, man. Um... I would describe myself as weird. Okay. But weird more often than not, I've had people describe me as mysterious. Mm. <laughs> he's, a, he's that introvert. You want to get to know uh, him. Like, yeah, where is he yeah. hiding, man? Okay. <laughs> um, also, what is, give us one fun fact about yourself. Whether it was a great experience you had, maybe a hidden talent, anything worth mentioning. Fun fact. I almost joined the seminary. No way. Yeah, back when I was 18. Nice. Right after high school. How did that how did that come into mind? <laughs> why why um, didn't you pursue it? I listened to Okay, so I mean just for a little backstory, like I grew up in a very Catholic family. Mm-hmm. Um I also served at the cathedral for a couple of years. Um you know, my parents are in a neo-catechumenal way, so obviously I went to church a lot. And um, growing up, uh, I went to c- Catholic school, mm-hmm. and religion was always one of the easiest subjects for me. And it was always an idea that kind of like bounced around. Like, you know, I always saw how happy nuns and priests mm-hmm. were, and you know, devoting their life to God. And I didn't think it was such a bad thing to do. Mm-hmm. So. Um, senior year comes and, um, my catechists who are kind of like, uh, mentors, not really teachers, but more mentors, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's not the right word. Might get blasted for that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, (laughs) um, they asked me if I wanted to go to this retreat in Italy, in Rome to see if I wanted to become a seminarian. I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And so I went. It was a five-day retreat. I went with um, seven other uh, guys from Guam, all my friends. And on the last day, they asked if you wanted to, if you felt like you wanted to join the, the seminary. Mm-hmm. And up until that day, I was, you know, praying about it, thinking really hard. You know, I was like, okay, am I ready to, like, devote the rest of my life to God? Um, is this something that God wants me to do, you know, instead of the married life? Mm-hmm. And then they put us into groups of ten. And this is not just, like, you know, with English-speaking people. These are, like, you know, with uh, a bunch of guys around the world. Mm-hmm. You know, you had uh, Italians, um, um, Spanish people, um people from Africa, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
So you had a very diverse mix of people, and they put us into groups, and we had to give our experience. And you know, they went one by one, and I still didn't know what I was going to say when they asked me that question. So I told myself, okay, whatever answer comes out of my mouth, that's the answer God wants me to say. Mm-hmm. So finally, it was my turn. I gave my experience. And then they're like, would you be willing to become a seminarian? And the first words out of my mouth were, no. (laughs) And I kind of shocked myself because up until that point, I thought I would say yes. Mm -hmm. And, um, but then I realized throughout that whole retreat that I kind of felt this called, this call to like the married life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a lot harder than the priesthood because you have to have kids and you have all these lives you got to take care of and all that stuff but yeah random fact about me not many people know that so if you listen to this podcast you're one of those few that do (laughs) all right man and one more is what is one thing you have to do before your time is up Ooh, before my time is up Yeah, I'm, I've been lucky to do a lot already. Mm-hmm. You know, I know some people would like to like go to Greece or um, maybe climb up. Uh, what's the uh, the tallest mountain in the world? Mount Everest. Everest. Um, for me, before I die, <laughs> I don't know. What would you like to do before you die? <laughs> oh, man. Switch roles right here real quick while I think. Ooh, dang. <laughs> I was not planning for that. One thing I have to do before I die. Um, gosh, I feel like I've, I've done, I've found a lot of things that a lot of people would like to do. But mm-hmm. I mean, not only fully establishing myself, but I think part of it would involve traveling trying to see the different parts of the world and meet different people learn their stories learn their culture see the world and reality through their eyes mm-hmm. and you know like like you said with your whole enlightening experience i i think that's just part of what i was meant to do in life was to try to hear people's stories and understand why they are the way they are and you know what shapes their reality mm-hmm. awesome How's that for an obvious Miss World or Miss Earth something? <laughs> Let's go, Mr. Guam. What make make sure you recruit Tyler for the next pageant. Um, grow five more inches first. <laughs> um, for me, like you, I mean, like you said, right? Like I've I've already done a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that I found fulfilling in my life. Um, I would say I'm pretty fulfilled right now. You know, with the friends I have, my family. Soulmate. Um, no, so. <laughs> I'm still looking. So people, one thing people would tend to <laughs> still looking for that partner in life, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. I guess I'd like to meet the Pope. Nice, nice. Yeah, man. you know, even if it's just like you know him shaking my hand and mm-hmm. I never have to wash my hand again. <laughs> you know, being in the presence of someone that big, that important. Yeah. You know, I think that's pretty cool. That is Mm. pretty cool. 
All right, mm. man. Well, we're just about wrapping it up. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Again, let's let's do all those plugs <laughs> and where people can catch you. Um, tonight, you're probably not going to post this tonight, though. No. <laughs> on, on Wednesdays, uh, Pop Rocks and Soda does uh, acoustic gigs at Applebee's from 8 to 11. Woman Crush Wednesdays. So <laughs> girls get to drink for cheap. And they get to, you know, drink and watch the beautiful <laughs> Mr. Guam. Uh, beautiful is debatable, but <laughs> and so is Mr. Guam. But you get to watch Pop Rocks and Soda. That's um, awesome. Right now, you can catch us also at Porky's on Fridays from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. And Cowboy Ninja from 10 p.m. to uh, 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, I mean, just look up my name on social media, I guess, if you want to follow Antelon. me, at Jose Antelon. And then at Pop Rocks um, Soda? I always post, um, at Pop Rocks underscore Soda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, I always post my gigs there, so both DJ and Pop Rocks and Soda, so can't miss it. And, yeah, just thank you to everyone for always supporting me. Wouldn't be here without you. And right. thank and you I guys for having me. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And again, where can people find the album? Or the- uh, yeah, so you can find our songs on Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, and Bandcamp. And we got another song coming out in the summer. And we have an EP that we're working on, hopefully, that we release by the end of the year. So, Thank you so much, man. Lots in store. Thank you. Thank you for coming. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up another episode of It's a Hang Thing, and we will see you guys next time. Bye.